It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 346 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called 31 Years of Blizzard. It is February 10, 2021, and this is Jen. And I'm going to start off with stuff you may have missed. Uh, There's an article from Fortune, of all places. Fortune doesn't typically write about video games, but here we are again with that kind of stuff, talking about video game companies. They've written a very long article titled, Activision Blizzard Was Their Dream Job? The Workplace Was a Nightmare. It's written by Courtney Rubin and was published on February 9, 2022. I'm not going to read you this entire thing because, as I said, it is very long but they i have uh spoke to a woman named nikki broderick and nikki provided a lot of details about her experience at blizzard when she just started and it wasn't good she said that i'll just read a little bit uh she arrived promptly at 9 30 a.m on june 13 2011 for her first day as an employee at the video game developer blizzard entertainment lined up in front of her keyboard she found a row of shots she thinks they were fireball whiskey apparently to acknowledge that it was also broderick's 21st birthday so that's her last name that's her she she never she'd never done shots before at any time of day but downed them with her manager it was the first time broderick who spent eight years at blizzard felt felt forced to drink at work but it was far from the last later during a work trip to korea broderick says she was instructed not to refuse any drinks on a celebratory evening out with colleagues from a company that had partnered with blizzards blizzard on an esports event lest the vendor be offended they made me drink until i was blackout drunk broderick tells fortune i don't even know how i got back to my hotel that night so that's 2011 so that's quite a bit farther back than you know what's going on now and i mean that was happening that was happening there and i just feel so bad for this woman and any others that went through this type of experience to go to their dream job and have this kind of you know stuff going on um i'll read you a few more paragraphs Broderick's experience was extreme but hardly unique. More than two dozen women told Fortune that most f- that for most of Blizzard's three-decade history, and until very recently, they felt they were treated differently from men. In fact, they say the demeaning and bullying behavior often began the moment a woman arrived. During new employee onboarding, men would walk by to, as some put it, quote, check out the crop, end quote, meaning of women. When a woman arrived for her first day of work, quote, there would literally be a group of men around her, so you couldn't even see her, says a female current longtime employee. In the quality assurance department, according to multiple employees, including Broderick, for a time there was a spreadsheet to rank new hires on a, quote, hotness, end quote, scale from one to ten, listing a woman's best features and whether she was available or not. Some women, they say, quickly learn to avoid answering questions about relationship status, quote, otherwise these guys wouldn't work with me or wouldn't go out of their way to help me get out of or, or get me engaged on a project. A female 
former employee tells Fortune. When men would stop by their desks, women said they felt pressure to be polite, but then would get feedback that they were too sociable. If a man yelled, that was okay because it was seen as passion. If a woman cried, she would be written off as too emotional. At the same time, women at Blizzard say they could almost convince themselves that bad behavior by the men should be excused as a byproduct of shared enthusiasm. Quote, that's why you're there. It's because you love gaming, said Cher Scarlett, a software engineer at Blizzard from August 2015 to August 2016. It's very confusing when you love something so much. And it's, you know, talking about what we already know that uh, Activision uh, and Blizzard merged, basically, in, um, and Activision became the parent company of Blizzard in 2008, and that there's still a lot of toxic stuff going on in the workplace. I've already talked on several previous episodes of Shattered Soulstone about the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission that had filed a lawsuit and, and all of these kinds of things. So I won't reiterate that here, but there's just so much in this article. And here's a key paragraph uh, considering, you know, recent events. Those legal actions, like I mentioned, uh, were followed by a bombshell acquisition announcement in mid-January. In the largest cash acquisition of a U.S. company ever, Microsoft said it was plan it planned to acquire Activision for $68.7 billion. If the transaction is finalized as planned, Phil Spencer, the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, will oversee Activision Blizzard, but Bobby Kotek, Activision's CEO for more than 30 years and a polarizing figure in the gaming world for his bottom-line mentality, will remain at the helm of Activision Blizzard, and his holdings will be worth some $375 million if the purchase is completed. The deal must still be approved by regulators, and the Federal Trade Commission is reportedly planning to, re to review the acquisition rather than the Justice Department. That raises the possibility that the FTC could object to Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard on antitrust grounds. The combined entity would be the third largest gaming company in the world. A spokesperson for Microsoft declined to comment for the this story. No kidding. You know what I mean? Uh, assuming that Microsoft is able to complete the Activision Blizzard purchase, it will be taking on a company that is still in the process of reckoning with allegations of corporate misbehavior that go back more than two decades. So that's kind of a lot. And it just goes on from here. If you're interested in this, you can read it. I'll put everything I talk about on the show into the show notes at ChatteredSoulStone.com. But there's a lot there's a lot in here, and uh, I'll just leave you to read it if you want to. For some people who've gone through this type of abuse, either in the workplace or outside of it, it might be a tough read, but, you know, it's up to you. You will just you can decide for yourself. And I found this thing about Zynga. Has anybody played a Zynga game in a while? I mean, I think the last time I played a Zynga game was when I was still on Facebook, and I quit Facebook a long time ago. But apparently... Um, Take-Two and Zynga are combining, or they were. Uh, they've already done it. I guess the closing share price on January 7, 2022 was like when they were going to do it or something like that. And I found it on Business Wire, which posts a lot of like press release type things. And that's what this is. And so I'll read you a little bit of that because I completely missed this. And I just, I didn't even know Zynga was still around, right? So it's titled Take-Two and Zynga to Combine, comma, bringing together best-in-class intellectual properties and a market-leading, comma, diversified mobile publishing platform, comma, to enhance positioning as a global leader in interactive entertainment. I kind of feel, feel like that could have been a paragraph and they could have just said Take-Two and Zynga to Combine, but, you know, whatever. It's a title now instead. Take-Two to acquire all the outstanding shares of Zynga for a total value of $9.61 per share, 
uh, $3.50 in cash and $6.36 in shares of Take-Two common stock, implying an enterprise value of $12.7 billion. The transaction represents a 64% premium to Zynga's closing share price on January 7, 2022. It establishes Take-Two as one of the largest publishers of mobile games, the fastest-growing segment of the interactive entertainment industry. I don't know much about Take-Two. I have no idea if they're the largest or if, you know, swallowing Zynga and making it part of itself is, um, you know, like an amoeba or something. <laughs> um, uh, if that's enough to make it like one of the fastest growing or largest publishers of mobile games, um, I don't know. Uh, it unifies highly complementary businesses, including Take-Two's best-in-class portfolio of console and PC games and Zynga's industry-leading mobile franchises. Ah, there we are. Take-Two wanted mobile. So they got it. I think that's what it is. And it's just kind of just kind of strange, you know? Um, I'm assuming this means Zynga wasn't doing so hot if the other company could just buy it that quickly. There's a lot of corporate talk all through this thing, so I'm not going to read all of it, but there's a lot. But basically, Zynga is now part of Take-Two, is what I'm trying to say. And honestly, did not know Zynga was still around doing stuff, so there we are. And recently, on February 9th, there was a post on the Microsoft website and it's titled adapting ahead of regulation, a principled approach to app stores. So this is written by Brad Smith, president and vice chair of Microsoft, apparently. And uh, unless, I don't know, unless it's about just the app stuff, but I doubt it. <coughs> I think it's, I think this guy's the guy in charge. So um, I'll read you a little bit from this. It is also kind of long. Uh, today we're announcing a new set of open app store principles that will apply to the Microsoft Store on Windows and to the next generation marketplaces we will build for games. We have developed these principles in part to address Microsoft's growing role and responsibility as we start the process of seeking regulatory approval in capitals around the world for our acquisition of Activision Blizzard. This regulatory process begins while many governments are also moving forward with new laws to promote competition in app markets and beyond. We want regulation at the public to know that as a company, Microsoft is committed to adapting to these new laws, and with these principles, we're moving to do so. Uh, the principles we're adopting today will also ensure we're providing the best possible experience for creators and customers of all sizes. These principles are grounded in App Store legislation being considered by governments around the world, including by the United States, the European Union, the Republic of Korea, the Netherlands, and elsewhere. While no legislation is perfect, we believe it's possible to implement these new laws and continue to innovate responsibly and grow in a healthy and profitable business. So here's what they've made. They've decided on open app store principles and it's uh, like four areas. So the first one is quality, safety, security, and privacy. And they've selected this as descriptors. We will enable all developers to access our app store as long as they meet reasonable and transparent standards for quality and safety. We will continue to protect the consumers and gamers who use our app store, ensuring that developers meet this, our standards for security. We will continue to respect the privacy of consumers in our app stores, giving them controls to manage their data and how it is used. So we're talking about like the Xbox store, I guess, basically, you know, um, and stuff that gets into the Xbox thing you buy if you want games that you don't have yet. 
temporarily, you know, like you buy the pass or whatever, that kind of thing. I think that's what they mean. For accountability, they wrote, we will hold our own apps to the same standards. We hold competing apps and we will not use any non-public information or data from our app store to compete with developers' apps. For fairness and transparency, they've ri- they've written, we will treat all we will treat apps equally in our app store without unreasonable preferencing or ranking of our apps or our business partners' apps over others. So that's implying um, they're not just going to suddenly start you know, pushing things from Activision Blizzard King. They're going to do this equally uh, for everything that's in there. Uh, they also wrote, we will be transparent about rules for promotion and marketing in our app store and apply these consistently and objectively. And then there's this. This part's called developer choice. We will not require developers in our app store to use our payment system to process in-app payments. We will not require developers in our app store to provide more favorable terms in our app store than in other app stores. We will not disadvantage developers if they choose to use a payment processing system other than ours or if they offer different terms and conditions in other app stores. We will not prevent developers from communicating directly with their customers through their apps for legitimate business purposes, such as pricing terms and and product or service offerings. So this is a hit at Apple and Apple's App Store and the ongoing uh, Epic versus Apple court cases that have been going on for I'm not even sure how long anymore. It just keeps bouncing around in the courts. What they're saying here is regulators that may or may not be going after Apple and or Epic for you know the whole thing, um, that Microsoft is not going to behave that way. They're going to do this thing that I just read out instead, which seems to give developers a lot of, well, developer choice, as they called the header on this, which is interesting. Um, They've got a few more things in here that are not specifically part of those, but I'll read you that too. We also recognize that emerging legislation will apply new rules to companies that both run an app store and control the underlying operating system like Windows. Therefore, we are also committing today that... We will continue to enable developers to choose whether they want to deliver their apps for Windows through our app store from someone else's store or, quote, sideloaded directly from the Internet. Sideloaded, for those that don't, like, download apps or whatever, sideloading is where you are, like, okay, I use a Mac, right? So if I want to look for a game that's going to be on a Mac, I can go to the app store and I can take a look at the games. And if I want one, I can, some of them are free and some of them you pay for. And I could just tell Apple, yep, I want this one. And they'll put it on my computer and all's good. Okay. Or on my phone, I could do it that way or my tablet. Um, so that's sideloading. That's not sideloading. That is directly through Apple. But if I want to get something like, for example, through itch.io, and it's something that plays on a Mac. Uh, Apple, I, I did this recently because I had uh, a bundle that I'd purchased and then never remembered to download stuff from it. So I did that recently. And every time I had, you know, selected one that I knew ran on a Mac, Apple was giving me pop-ups saying like, are you sure you want to do this? We, you know, if, if there's something wrong with it, you know, we can't help you and this kind of thing. And then I'd be like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And I'd try to download it. And it would download, and it all of them seemed to work. I kind of tested them out a little bit. But then I'd get another pop-up, you know, kind of warning me not to do that. That's sideloading, and Apple doesn't like it. So, I mean, I guess, you know. So Microsoft is not going to uh, be upset if developers choose to um, have things sideloaded from the in- directly from the Internet. 
you know, Apple makes you, the way it's worded in the pop-ups they gave me was it makes you think that you are now doing something very dangerous that could like destroy your computer. And in the case of the stuff I downloaded from Itch.io, I don't think that's a problem for the little games that I downloaded. But there's also, there was a lot of like TTRPG stuff in there, you know, like role-playing games and things. And it didn't have a problem with me downloading PDFs. So <laughs> that's just where that went. There's a little more to the Microsoft thing. We will continue to give developers timely access to information about the interoperability interfaces for Windows that our own apps use. We will enable Windows users to use alternative app stores and third-party apps, including by changing default settings in appropriate categories. So this is kind of the plan. This is... Um, I'll read you one more paragraph. We also recognize that regulators may well have other important questions as they review our acquisition of Activision Blizzard. We're committed to addressing every potential question and we want to address publicly at the outset two such questions here. Um, first, some commentators have asked whether we will continue to make popular content like Activision's Call of Duty available on competing platforms like Sony's PlayStation. The obvious concern is that Microsoft could make this title available exclusively on the Xbox console, undermining opportunities for Sony PlayStation users. To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. Oh, through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. Does that mean when that term is up, they can do something else? I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, they also said, we have committed to Sony that we will also make them playable on PlayStation, oh, beyond the existing agreement and into the future, so that Sony fans can continue to play the games they love. And it goes on from there a little bit, but um, that's, this is what Microsoft is doing in an effort to appease regulators and actually to get the uh, Activision Blizzard King acquisition through. It might work. We'll just have to see. You know, we'll just have to see. Moving on to really a lot of Diablo stuff this time around, which um, doesn't always happen in this show, depending on what's going on. So the PTR update for Diablo 2 Resurrected, that's done now. So it's not... Uh, there was a patch or something where they were going to patch something, and then on... Um, looks like... February 7th, Filthy Rich, who is a community manager, uh, said that the PTR had officially ended. So if you're wondering what happened to that, that's what happened to that. Um, the Diablo account then tweeted, rest your weary souls for now. The hashtag Diablo 2 Resurrected 2.4 PTR has been temporarily brought down for maintenance until we meet again soon. And then there's a graphic of like this skeletal creature thing and, you know, 2.4 public test realm. So uh, that let everyone know and then pure diablo which is they've been around for a very long time uh playing you know with like diablo 2 focus if i'm understanding this correctly and they wrote the the diablo 2 resurrected ptr is going away but it's coming back with ladders which is interesting um and so they've got this article and it says uh diablo 2 resurrected ladder testing on next ptr is written on february 8th 2022 by someone named rush and um, it's got just the blurb here about saying that the PTR, okay, we plan on taking down the Diablo 2 PTR, or Diablo 2 resurrected PTR this coming Wednesday, that thing. It's, it's kind of at the top of this. And um, then they've, they've got the idea that, that it's going to have ladders in it. And I think they're basing it just on that blue note. Yeah, it does say that. It says uh, it's going to be offline for a week or so while we 
prep the next iteration and include ladder on the next launch of PTR testing. Along with ladder, we expect additional balance changes. Once we have the timing slash date and details of those changes, we'll be posting those and informing the community. So there's that. It's probably easier to read through on the Pure Diablo than to go hunting for it through the forums, but you know, ladders. And um, on February 8th, Mike Ibarra, who goes by at Quick, he is the president of Blizzard now, and he wrote this. Today marks 31 incredible years of Blizzard entertainment, exclamation point. Thank you to the players around the world for being a part of our history and inspiring our future. Our finest years are ahead of us. Thanks to you and our talented teams across Blizzard. Happy birthday, Blizzard. It's got a thumbs up, and there's a graphic that says Blizzard entertainment on a big snowy icy looking background and um, a lot of people responded to it a lot of them seem kind of happy um, some of them a lot of them seem pretty happy from scrolling through this so okay cool right it's a nice graphic but 31 years I had no idea that it was 31 years of Blizzard Entertainment stuff I mean I started playing the Diablo stuff back in the 90s so I guess that's is that 31 is that 30 years my god you know <laughs> Maybe it is. Okay. The Blizzard CS, the Americas account says, having trouble staying connected to hashtag D2R. If so, this article can help. And it's titled Diablo 2 Resurrected Connection Problems. And so if you're having problems staying connected, there's a couple of things you can do. Common problems include an error that says you must be connected to Battle.net, an error, an issue occurred while communicating with the game servers. Please check that you are connected to the internet and try again. Or there's a, a complaint of I have high latency when playing Diablo 2 Resurrected. So what they want you to do, if this is your problem, is to, and this is from three months ago, but they keep posting it because I guess the same stuff keeps happening. Uh, so you want to check with Blizzard CS on Twitter before breaking news and information, for breaking news and information about their services. If you're unable to connect or if you're experiencing high latency or frequent disconnects while playing the game, there's a connection troubleshooting article to go to. And, you know, that's basically all they have for you with that. Moving on, um, Nick who I hope I get this right. Nick Quaglietta has posted a link to a YouTube video that he made. It's titled Diablo 3 Season 25 Single Floor Greater Rift 120. And I think he did one for 130 as well. If I can find that tweet, I'll put it in the notes. But that's kind of cool that I'm seeing, like, you know, more Diablo content from people recently. Rex Antarax also posted about a Diablo video. Uh, he posted Challenge Rift 242 North American Guide on Reddit on February 7th. So you can check that out. And then we have uh, Tom Powers, who is at, is at the underscore Hooli. He wrote this on February 9th on Twitter. Today is my last day at Blizzard. Working with the Diablo team was a journey filled with many fantastic people, creators, and partners. I'll be forever grateful for such an experience. For me, a new adventure begins and exciting challenges await. And he did get, you know, as I'm seeing below, I'm seeing a lot of people from the Diablo community responding to him in, in positive ways. And, um, you know, for me, if, if you remember... Um, Quite a while back, the Shattered Soulstone website was highlighted on the Battle.net thing and on one of uh, the Diablo accounts on Twitter and Facebook and all that when they were interested in raising up Diablo podcasters, among other uh, types of things. So streamers as well, I think. And the first person that contacted me was uh, Filthy Rich. And... 
I was like, oh my gosh, what? wow, this is great. But at the time, we were transitioning over from having Shattered Soulstone be part of Dawnforge Productions to make it our own. So I was stuck right in the middle there. And I remember telling him, um, you know, through, we hadn't even started the changeover yet. So I was saying, yeah, that'd be great. You know, let's see what we can do. And I, we're, we're working on shifting this over and I'll, and I'll get back to you. And I messaged him through a Shattered Soulstone email that I had access to at the time. And then we switched over and it took a bit before I got the email set up again, right? So the Huli, Tom Powers, found me on Discord and said, hey, we're interested in, you know, highlighting your stuff and I don't know what happened, but, you know, Filthy Rich wasn't able to contact you anymore. And I'm like, yeah, we're in the middle of this transition. And it will actually, we were at the start and, you know, there's going to be new art that comes out, the art that's on the show now, that's what it was. And all this stuff. And he had all these questions about like, okay, well, how soon can you get it done? And, you know, uh, he needed it to have a transparent background. I didn't know how to do that because I do all my art by hand. And I was like sitting, I was in the... We have Sean and I have cockatiels and I was sitting in the room with them just to, you know, hang out with the birds for a while and freaking out because I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And he was so calm and he was telling me, it's okay, take your time, send it to us when you can. And it was just like, I had two community managers had been talking to me in a short span of time while I was trying to make it so that we could shift Soulstone over to be something that's ours instead of Dawnforge productions, nothing against Dawnforge productions, but, um, and it was just like, oh my God, what's going on? And then eventually I started seeing streamers and other Diablo podcasters popping up on the Battle.net and on the Diablo accounts. And, and eventually Soulstone was up there. So if you go to the Shattered Soulstone website on Twitter, or well, Twitter Twitter account, I guess would be the better way to phrase that, um, at Shattered Stone. So as I was watching other Diablo streamers and other Diablo podcasters be highlighted on the Battle.net thing and Twitter and, and, and Facebook. Eventually, Shattered Soulstone was highlighted. I was so excited. So if you go to at Shattered Stone on Twitter, you can see the, you know, the highlight, a screenshot of it. It was very exciting and it happened to uh, roll out the same day as we did show 300, which is pretty exciting. So this is my interaction with uh, Tom Powers. Actually, and I just thought I'd share it on the show because why not? The Diablo account did something kind of funny and they wrote, Tweet in the voice of Kane. And someone <laughs> sent them a link to a YouTube video called Deckard Kane Hidden Rap Video with Lyrics. And it's hysterically funny. Um, and the, the descriptor here says, the Deckard Kane rap is an Easter egg created and published by the Blizzard Entertainment. And then that's all I see on the tweet that someone sent. But it's really, really funny if you want to go watch it. And again, I link to everything in the show notes. But it's just... It's just really funny. And the Diablo account was like responding to people tweeting like they were Deckard Kane and stuff like that. <laughs> It's just a bit of fun, basically. Adam Fletcher, who's Pez Radar, a community manager for the Diablo teams, if I'm understanding correctly, I think I'm right about that. And he posted a screenshot from Reddit to from someone named uh, slash u slash Reese Reddit one two three four, and someone has taken the intro screen for Diablo two. It looks like the like newer version or something, the Diablo II Resurrected, and where all the characters are standing around a campfire and there's like a sort of an archway in the background and it's got the Diablo II logo on the archway. And all of this is made of Legos. 
entirely of Legos. So they've got like a Lego fire and they've got all of the characters standing in the order they would be standing and as close to the uh, type of armor and hairstyle and everything that the characters would have. And I don't know how long it took to do that, but it's pretty neat. It's kind of cool. So, I'll, you know, again, I'll put it in the show notes. You can you can check it out. Diablo fans on uh, today, February 10th, 10th, says, Our team has been hard at work on a 3D model viewer. And so when you go to Diablo fans to look at that, they have a model viewer. They wrote, Our team has been hard at work on a 3D, 3D model viewer, which you can find, and there's a link to go to that. This comes in addition to our Diablo 2 Resurrected and Diablo Immortal build tools that launched in the last two weeks. Check out the items below for a preview of what you can expect to see. So they've got like you know, a 3D viewer where they've got like, you know, each class, the Barbarian, the Crusader, Demon Hunter, Monk, all this stuff. And it's the armor, but they're like sort of, you know, showing you the front, the sides and the back of the armor for each, you know, for several sets and things like that. And so I, I guess you're going to be able to see a bunch of stuff uh, when they get their thing going. And it's the armor looks cool, you know, but the 3D model, let's see what happens if I go to the 3D model. I'm um, not seeing it yet. So maybe they're still working on that. That's okay though. It's a cool idea. And the last thing's also from Pure Diablo, which was posted today on Twitter. They wrote, New Diablo 2 Forum Tournaments, comma, Achievements, comma, and Awards. They wrote this, Do you hear the screams of our mighty Nephilim uh, failing to vanquish Bale in the latest tournament hosted on Pure Diablo? And there's a link for the Forum Awards. And... Um, so they, they have that. There's a link to the Forum Awards. And when you go there, uh, they've started it with um, Hello, Stay a While and Listen, which seems to be a theme with what's going on with Diablo, uh, at least social media posts and things today or recently. So it's talking about, you know, what is a Diablo 2 tournament? It's a way, it's a fun way to spice up the way you play with the set of rules that you follow with bragging rights at the end. Um, there's a starter post for people that can, you know, want to know what that's about. Over time, some basic ones have stayed in the occasional forum member post a new tournament for some unwitting participants to partake in the glory of hopefully slaying uh, Hell Bale. In order to expand this glorious activity, Pure Diablo has leveled up and activated achievement and trophy awards to those partaking in these diabolical creations. While traditionally tournament, tournaments have been events on our single-player forum, SPF, we here at Pure Diablo would like to expand it to our friends on the Battle.net side. A baseline for Battle.net focused tournaments is included to help entice all our forum members to partake and, in, and continue to build rapport with other members as we all wait for the release of Diablo 4. And then there's, um, you know, some things that they want you to do and or that you can try to do. There's a lot of details in here. But if you're into that, it seems like they're probably going to do something with this fairly soon, I would think. It was just posted today. So, you know, that could be there's there's a lot of details, rules and details and how you're how you would do this if you wanted to take part and that's really all i have for this episode i'm kind of happy it's a lot of diablo stuff this time and less talking about blizzard you know activision blizzard being awful again with the exception of like that article but we're in an interesting place right now with you know we've got diablo 2 resurrected you can still play the original one we've got diablo 3 still getting content we've got uh, Diablo Immortal in the works. I know it just had like a fairly recently had like a, an alpha or something. Um, and, you know, Diablo 4 is still being worked on. So 
there's a lot and I love seeing things from the community like the Legos things the little Lego things all little minifigs I mean it's just it's a lot of creativity in you know the Diablo community overall and I love to highlight that and I'm hoping everything goes really well from this point on in terms of gaming company kind of stuff and that you know things will just get better from here and that would make things a lot better because honestly I feel the need to let people know what's going on with Activision Blizzard because it's the game company that makes you know all the Diablo games that we love and so I feel like people need to be aware of that but at the same time I would like the people who are actually like fighting for a union and you know who have lived through terrible experiences as part of their work day to you know have some kind of recompense in one way or another so that people can get on with their lives and have a better you know have all this behind them instead of still ongoing that kind of thing and and that's all i have for now you have been listening to episode 346 of the shattered soulstone your diablo community podcast missed an episode you can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com come join us in game our in-game community and clan both named shattered Soul- soulstone on diablo 3 i don't know about the rest Um, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.